You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. There's a new vigilante in the IoT, and vigilantism still isn't a good idea. The industry pours over the most recent shadow broker's files and doesn't like what it sees. Bankbot is back in the Play Store with trojanized video apps. Attackers are seen using pixel tracking for target recon. And Oracle issues a very big patch. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, April 19th, 2017. Vigilantes we could all probably live without are riding through the Internet of Things. Two weeks ago, it was Brickerbot, which Radware caught in a honeypot and described as malware that sought out and permanently disabled, or bricked, IoT devices vulnerable to infection by Mirai because of their default passwords or otherwise slipshod installation. There's now apparently another vigilante working the Internet of Things, the Hajime botnet. We noted yesterday that Hajime's purpose was unclear since the botnet hadn't been implicated in any denial-of-service attacks. It seems to be a Mirai competitor that would bull its way into devices susceptible to Mirai infestation, but then do, well, really nothing in particular. But now, Hajime's purpose may be growing clearer. It's less destructive than Brickerbot, but it's arguably still a misguided freelance attempt to do something about Mirai. Hajime, which has infected at least 10,000 networked cameras, home routers, and other devices, uses a decentralized peer-to-peer network for its own command and control traffic, which makes it relatively resistant to takedown by service providers. It's accompanied by a cryptographically signed statement, which reads, according to Ars Technica, as follows, quote, Just a white hat securing some systems. Important messages will be signed like this. Hajime author. Contact closed. Stay sharp. End quote. Hajime's name is said to mean beginning in Japanese, and researchers take this as an oblique reference to Mirai, whose name means future. Hajime was first noticed in the wild last October by Rapidity Networks. October 2016, of course, is when Mirai famously took down Dyne, and with Dyne, much of the Internet in eastern North America. Symantec, which has been tracking and doing much of the research on Hajime, notes that the worm secures the device it hits by blocking access to ports that host many exploitable services. It also takes measures to operate stealthily. And of course, for now at least, it doesn't appear to be capable of initiating a DDoS attack. But that's dependent upon the current restraint of the author, and upon the author's ability to maintain control of Hajime's code. But here's the problem, lest one be tempted to applaud Hajime and its gray hat author. What it's doing is illegal in most jurisdictions, and it's also unlikely to seriously interfere with Mirai. As Symantec notes, Hajime has no persistence. 
It lives in a device's RAM and is washed out with each reboot. So on balance, it would seem that Hajime is part of the problem, not the solution. Industry continues to pour over last Friday's shadow brokers leaks, which the brokers claim disclose NSA hacking tools. Consensus holds that some of the attack code does indeed represent a threat, as it's now open to hacker use in the wild. Some observers think the incident should prompt re-evaluation of the U.S. intelligence community's vulnerabilities equity process. If the leaks are genuine, they argue, there's no safe place to keep zero days. But it would seem naive to expect intelligence services anywhere to forswear productive collection techniques, even in the cause of herd immunity. Rapid7 advises patching and thinking hard about securing end-of-life systems you can't do without. Where the shadow brokers got their wares remains unknown. The same might be said for WikiLeaks and Vault 7. Presumably, investigation is underway. We've covered the ongoing acquisition of Yahoo by Verizon, and specifically how revelations of major breaches affected the price Verizon was willing to pay, lowering it by hundreds of millions of dollars. Companies are realizing that due diligence in the cyber realm is a critical part of mergers and acquisitions. Greg Reber is CEO of Aztec Consulting. They provide a variety of risk management and security services, including M&A security due diligence assessments. What we're looking at now is the more and more interest in uh, acquiring companies, being interested in the, the IT and the information security stance of an acquired company. But what kinds of risks are they inheriting from a cybersecurity or general IT uh, standpoint? When people don't do the kind of due diligence uh, that you're talking about, um, why do they make that choice? In some ways, it's they don't know that it's uh, a possibility to find security vulnerabilities before an acquisition, before things actually get to signing. Uh, in other cases, they're not incented to do that because they believe they have insurance coverage, reps and warranties coverage, that if something comes out, then uh, there'll be uh, an insurance that kicks in, which is, this is a very nascent market for that type of insurance. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what is covered and what is not, but it's a, a risk distribution. They're taking their own risk of this acquiring company and moving it to an insurance company. But in a lot of cases, and there are more and more case studies, then reps and warranties insurance is, is not mature enough to really cover vulnerabilities that uh, are in either the IT infrastructure or software package. There is an industry now for um, searching for open source components and software packages that result in licensing issues if someone is selling a software package that has open source components in it as their own, then they are subject to lawsuits for that breach of contract. A lot of people are talking about the growth of cyber insurance and that, that whole market is taking off and expected to be you know, billions more in the next three or four years. The cybersecurity vendors offering guarantees kind of goes in, hand in hand with that because for a smaller, medium-sized company, if a security vendor is offering a million dollars in breach insurance, that may cover their whole uh, breach costs. For a larger company, uh, it may cover their deductible. So we definitely see this kind of working hand-in-hand -hand with the cyber insurance market. 
and uh, also the digital due diligence and M&A transactions is going to help drive how the reps and warranties market matures. That's Greg Reber from Aztec. In other cybercrime news, the hoods behind the BankBot financial malware continue to find ways of getting trojanized apps into Google's Play Store. Researchers at the firm Securify found that the criminals first passed BankBot through the guise of weather forecasting apps, Good Weather and World Weather. Now they've infiltrated the Play Store with malicious video apps, Funny Videos 2017 and Happy Videos. So beware, even if you're the grouchy type, disinclined to watch the sort of cheerful, amusing, and life-affirming content the Trojanized apps promise. Checkpoint warns that pixel tracking, a familiar marketing tool used to track email opens, is being exploited by criminals performing target reconnaissance to improve their phishing success. Physical security can affect cybersecurity, and here's another example in which it has. An express pole unit was stolen last week from a car belonging to a precinct manager in Cobb County, Georgia, USA. The stolen election device can't be used to commit voter fraud, but it does contain a copy of the state's voter file. In patch news, Oracle releases 299 files, a record for the company. Among the problems addressed is the Solaris vulnerability the shadow brokers disclosed. Finally, lest we appear smug over the shadow broker's leaks or mom-and-pop's vulnerability to Hajime, we hereby decline to throw the first stone at any user. It can be difficult for anyone to keep up with the many small, insignificant, and otherwise easily overlooked, smart-in-a-dim-sort-of-way devices quietly gurgling around in their home or small business network. And dumping an end-of-life system can be a more tangled affair than one might hope. Still, all of us would do well to take basic cyber hygiene as seriously as possible. Configure as securely as you're able, patch, wean yourself from superannuated, unsupported software, and hope that vendors and their developers up their game. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. 
Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Professor Avas Rashid. He heads up the Academic Center of Excellence in Cybersecurity Research at Lancaster University. Uh, Professor, welcome back. Um, An area of research for you that you wanted to share with us was uh, putting together a cybersecurity body of knowledge. What can you tell us about that? As we know, cyber attacks are a regular feature in the news these days. They are on the rise. There are lots of estimates that they cost hundreds of billions of uh, dollars to global economies. But there is a long-recognized skills gap within the cybersecurity sector. And it is also, you know, the skills gap is compounded by the fact that our foundational knowledge on this topic is rather fragmented. And, you know, we are a relatively new field. Uh, mature disciplines such as mathematics, physics, chemistry, they have long-established foundational knowledge and clear learning steps uh, from people learning about these subjects in schools to universities through to professional development programs. So the key thing that we are aiming to do here is to develop a cybersecurity body of knowledge that will provide the foundational resource that can be used for educational programs at various levels. And so how do you imagine it coming together and then being shared with the rest of the world? So th- this is this is really the interesting thing about this this project is that this will be a resource for the community by the community. While I'm leading the project and uh, a few other colleagues are involved as the lead lead scientists in this project, ultimately we will be engaging the wider community uh, internationally to decide what should be the scope of uh, such a, a body of knowledge, what should be, for lack of a better word, the top level knowledge areas that should be covered by the body of knowledge. And then we will be inviting leading international figures around the world from academia and industry to actually author descriptions of those knowledge areas, and then the wider community will actually review and critique those descriptions before they are somehow cast in stone. The the key point to bear in mind is that it will never actually be cast in stone in the sense that such a, such a body of knowledge can effectively never be completely finished. The uh, technology moves at a fast pace, uh, the security threats move at a fast pace, so there will have to be a regular cycle of uh, updating it. But what we are doing here is a, a first step in what we hope will be a long-term thing that the community collectively will do. All right, Professor Avas Rashid, thanks again for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.